When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome to WPC Plus, and we're here to talk fantasy baseball because baseball is finally back. As if that wasn't great enough, we have a very special guest today. First off, as always with me, is Nicholas Scott. Not Burt Reynolds, once again, I see, and uh, in the wilderness, uh, transmitting live via the, were you like in the safari there, somewhere in the background? <laughs> <laughs> live from Ron Swanson's office. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. And uh, a man who needs no introduction, if you follow fantasy baseball and you don't know who Ariel Cohen is, you're doing it wrong. The man behind ATC projections, available on fan graphs, um, and host of the TGFBI podcast himself, um, Ariel Cohen. Ariel, how's it going? Oh, all right. Thank you very for that very kind introduction. Very happy to be here. And hey, it's not one on sixty-two. We got only sixty games, but I, I'm pumped. Are you guys? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, beyond words, like I say, it couldn't get any better. I mean, uh, and you know, some people are kind of bummed because you know we're starting so late. The way I look at it, we didn't just get one spring training. We got two this year. I mean, what other year are you going to have that, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I see it as we get not one but two draft seasons. Uh, so uh, draft season is my favorite part of the year, and so we've got two of them. It's like Christmas in July, you know. Exactly, exactly. See, you just like me. You're a half glass half full kind of man. I mean, it, it, the thing is, yeah, it's going to be weird. It's going to be different, um, and of course, I'm obliged to say it's going to be a sprint, not a marathon. But uh, you know what? I, to me, it's kind of fun because even though technically we get less. Um, still, it's going to be different because we're not going to roll out the same strategies and, you know, look at all the things. Nothing's going to be the same, really. All the rule changes, I mean, all that. We've talked about a lot of that, of course, in past episodes, but we're going to talk about projections today, right? That's why we're here. Um, but to me, I just love it. It gives it a unique spin. So, it, you know, I, I, kind of, I kind of think it might be maybe even though shorter and more enjoyable uh, draft season. So uh, let's start by talking about uh, the projections themselves. So obviously... Um, we'll give you the short version because if you are on roadaballer.com, you've already read some of Ariel's work and he's talked about how to do the projections, what they mean. Um, so we're not going to go too in depth about that, but, um, talk to me about the process of revising the projections for a 60 game season, which is something we've never had to do before. Um, is it just a matter of, you know, chopping the sample size to what it, you know, it fits or did you have to do anything different this time? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, uh, theoretically, uh, as uh, uh, those of you who know about ATC, ATC is based on a bunch of other projections, and it takes the best parts of them. It takes uh, homers from the best projections for homers and stolen bases from the best projection of stolen bases, and it takes a little bit of each and smushes them together. Um, and in theory, you should be able to do that for the short season. Uh, there's a couple of caveats, though. One, I mean... <laughs> How do I know that a, a projection is good for the 60-game season as opposed to the 162? I don't. Um, I have some in-season data, some rest-of-season data that I've tracked over the years, so I have a little bit of a feeling for some of them. 
not for others. So I've kept the process pretty much the same in terms of what I use for each. The thing comes up, though, not all of my projections are um, geared for 60. Um, some of them are just the 162, and they've chopped them. Like some people didn't uh, – some of the underlying projections didn't correctly factor in the fact that there's going to be a, a DH in the NL that they didn't factor in it's going to be only playing your own division. So for those, I have to do a little bit of a different weighting. I'll, of course, wait and see what they come up with next week. Maybe they're going to revise it later. So I, it's a little bit more manual process. Uh, I can't just let the automatic process go. I have to look and see the details of what's going on and make revisions before I combine them. Um, the overall philosophy is the same, but it's a little bit more manual labor on my part, which I, happy to do and I started the process and you can see uh, the revised ATC 60 projections both at Fangraphs and uh, on CBS Sportsline right now. Very nice and uh, of course Nick you're already doing some work on there has an article coming out I think any day now uh, talking about those revised projections we're going to focus specifically on pitchers starting pitchers uh, here in this episode because I think that's where people are going to be most interested in that there's probably going to be the most volatility there um, so Nick let me ask you because Obviously, you're a man who uh, does quite a bit of work with the spreadsheets and using projections. How much do you rely on those? Because normally, over such a large sample size, you know, it can be pretty reliable, at least as a baseline. But, I mean, are you really weighting those kind of things less, whether it is ATC or Steam or, you know, the bat or whatever it is? Um, how much do you account for the possible, you know, variations, things that maybe aren't put into account, like Ariel said, yeah, like the NLDH or, you know, the different schedule. Well, uh, you know, kind of similar to what Ariel said is that, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not necessarily, uh, you know, considering them less or weighting them less. It's just, I think I need to do a lot more, you know, manual, manual manipulate, you know, manual adjustments. Uh, you know, we really have to keep an eye on the news, uh, you know, all the news that's been coming out, like, you know, we're going to cover starting pitchers, but, you know, you have when a bunch of managers come out and announce their plans for starting rotation is saying that their guys are only going to go three, four innings the first couple times through the rotation, then, you know, you, you have to go in and make those adjustments. And it's, it's, it's just, you know, I never want to like blindly trust projections or, you know, just take what's given to me and just, plug them in and go. But I just, I think you need to have a more, you know, wary eye on like Ariel was saying about, you know, who has made those, those adjustments that, that we know that the projection systems might not be accounting for. Like, uh, you know, for me, it's a lot of playing time considerations. And Ariel, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. Uh, how much in the season like this, how much do you trust your own projections because of those factors? Like you said, you're going to have to do it manually, but even so, there's so many things we know just we can't account for. You know, a guy catches COVID and he's out for three weeks or possibly the rest of the season. You know, there's, there's so many things that we probably haven't even thought about yet. Um, so obviously that's just a starting point, right? We don't take those to mean everything, but um the question is like how much do you trust projections in general in a season like this oh well i never check my own projections right now i'm kidding um, no it's, it's a it's a great it's a great question um the answer is um you know uh, i i trust my projections 
uh, in terms of rates, in terms of what players can do, their skill levels, the thing that you need to be wary about projections, which when I do my own rankings or when I do my own thoughts, I'll comb a little bit more now, is playing time. I mean, guys like Yanni Chirinos, um, they're going to come in and probably get more innings as a percentage of the total than you think. Um, they're going to get a bigger win share because they're going to be the relie- they're going to be the bulk uh, reliever. They're going to be the opener follower, whatever you want to call it. Um, they're going to have a more propensity to win. Guys like Seth Lugo, guys like uh, Ryan Presley, um, in, the, in the middle reliever role, in the setup role, they might have a more propensity to get saves. I mean, we have no idea what's going to go on in terms of saves are they going to now be split between players like it's going to be one day lugo one day diaz in the mets bullpen for example and one day osuna one day presley in the astros bullpen to give those as an example um you know the playing time to me has to be combed more manually um i have not done this yet but um one thing about atc is that the weighting of playing time is different than the weighting of the power and weighting of stone bases and so on and so forth and it usually tilts more towards the manual. What I might do is I might override what I usually do for playing time and give a little bit more weight to the manual projections, to the guys who comb through this manually more than usual to account for that. So I trust my projections fully. I have to change the process a little bit to get the best results for what I think is going to be there. And of course, you know, it's all going to be more variable anyway. So I, you can't expect things to tie in so much in a 162 game season. Law of average says people will weigh out. Uh, it's hard to even judge whether the projections will work, but that's my plan is to adjust the playing time to, uh, more towards the manual projections and then go with my projections. Cause uh, I trust them. Um, you know, not, not, uh, uh, without giving any thought into things, but that's my base, and I need a good reason to go off of them if I want to stray far. Oh, that makes total sense. I mean, uh, we have already said in such a short uh, season, playing time's utmost importance, and you know, with hitters, it's a little easier, right, to figure out pretty much, and especially with you know the DH. Now there'll be more playing time to go around for certain players, yeah. but uh, yeah, with starters, that's the big question, and that's why I wanted to talk about it yeah. today because I mean, we can fairly predict um i think it's going to be easier to predict actually how a player might or how a pitcher might perform as opposed to how much he's actually going to pitch especially as starters we've already heard you know several teams saying you know the first start maybe two starts uh their guys are going to go four innings max you know what i mean yeah yeah that's that's going to throw some things off so let's talk strategy just in general um so nick as far as starting pitchers um i know we've touched on this before but based on these revised projections and what you've looked at so far, I mean, what are we doing? Are, are we still favoring those aces early? Are we still trying to focus on, you know, quality over quantity? And, you know, should we devalue all starters? Because I think at this point, I'm ready to go zero SP, you know, zero RB is a thing in football. You know, maybe we should just, just have an all bullpen, bullpen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that kind of... That- you know, I was, you know, pre-pandemic, I, I was, uh, that's kind of how I'd, I'd been drafting anyway, you know, leaning, uh, go, you know, getting, making sure I had an elite guy at the top of my rotation, but then hammering hitters for a number of rounds and then, you know, grabbing uh, a, a bunch of quantity with pitchers I like, uh, you know, past, you know, you know, rounds 15 or whatever. 
and targeting guys like the Lugos and the Presleys of the world. And in the post-pandemic world, I, I'm I'm going to lean into that even more. Uh, I am I, uh, I am terrified of starting pitchers as they're you know I was already worried about them just because you know you know I've done some work on you know working out the working out the fantasy values if you just took the first 50 games of 2019 and then working off some short game stuff for this season and so I was already worried about pitchers just because I knew that someone like Zach Davies was going to come in and have a two ERA for 12 starts and just run a wrecking ball around values and so I was already worried about things like that but now we get uh you know Jeff Zimmerman on Fangraphs put out he does the mining the news articles and he put out a really great one today it's kind of breaking down with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details a number of different pitching staffs uh, about what their plans were for the rotations. And it's hard to be confident in investing a lot of capital in pitching when you read these quotes from these managers. You know, you read from the Yankees that, you know, they're expecting their guys to go 55, 60 innings for the first couple turns to rotation. So we're going to get 60 pitches from Garrett Cole. Okay, great. For how many starts? Like he's only going to get you know what 11 12 starts in the entire season if three of them he's only pitching half the normal pitches he normally would like what does that do to his value and maybe maybe it's maybe between pitchers it can be a wash i guess but i am i'm i'd rather i'd rather take the safety uh, of the hitters even more now because like ariel was saying we there's just so much we don't know and and the man but the managers are starting to give us hints about how you know probably the first third of the season is going to be for pitching and it just it it seems like you know like you were saying with Chirinos and other guys like that I I I think those those middle relievers are going to have a lot more opportunities to uh snipe some wins and get themselves, uh, you know, a large amount of yeah. innings in comparison to the starters, much more than they would at the end. And that's just, right. it's, it's, it's really, it's really tough to try and suss my way around. So I, I'd rather, you know, I'm going to go with the safer hitters a lot of times. So just to, to add to that, um, you know, you have to ask yourself, take a guy like uh, Joe Musgrove. All right. He's, I don't know, roughly the 50th starting pitcher, something like that. Um, if he, give the five earned runs in the first game and then five earned runs in the second game are you cutting him my answer is yes um you don't have you don't have time to wait whether you think that that dart throw is good how about a guy like james paxton i went a little bit higher in the list number 30 to 35 if he gives up five earned runs the first game five earned runs the second game are you guys cutting him uh probably because i mean well, first of all, that's, you know, right. I think, well, maybe something's not right because he's come back from injury or, you know, his new fastball spin he's working on, whatever. But, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good point because Did, one more bad start, uh, well, you're done, right? Your pitching staff is done. Sure. 
Let's go a bit higher. Uh, Max Freed, okay, sophomore pitcher. Five yard, five earned runs, first start, second start. I, I'm cutting him. I mean, my, my point here with this is that they're from the range of somewhere between the 20, 25th starting pitcher and the 50, 60th starting pitcher, doesn't take much for me to cut the guy. Um, and because of that, I think that the return on equity from that middle range is going to be very crappy this year. I mean, there'll be some guy that sticks out great, and if you're lucky to get him, great. But by and large, I'm going to want to churn through bad players. But by the way, I can churn through bad players if I drop to uh, the number 70th pitcher. And there's going to be guys who are in that range that are going to earn a big profit. So you have to ask yourself, why would you even want to spend anybody in the mid-rounds? I wouldn't. The only reason that I would spend on somebody in the mid-rounds would be it would be an ERA and whip stabilizer. Take a guy like Kyle Hendricks. I'm pretty yeah. sure we're going to get that good three-something ERA and good whip. Wins, whatever. Strikeouts, you're not going to get from him. But I know what I'm going to get from him in there. So a, a stabilizer, I'm good with taking in the middle. But all the other pitchers, I'd forget. So I grab my ace, take your anchor, you know, take your Jack Flaherty, your Max Scherzer, take that anchor. Skip guys, take a stabilizer like Kyle Hendricks, and then just spend your last couple of picks at the end on pitchers. And as far as hitting goes, you, you know, top hitters, uh, Mike Trout, I mean, he has a bad month, and, and you're going to get somebody in, in the 10th round that's going to beat him in, in this year. He doesn't have six months to, to go there. Um, just hit middle, middle, middle on on starter, on uh, offensive players. Third round, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round. Just just keep throwing your darts there. Throw your darts in the pitchers later. Uh, make sure you do take an ace, though, in the first two rounds. I think that's more important even than this. Because uh, DeGrom is going to be great ERA either way. Uh, and if he's not, I wouldn't throw him away, right? Because he's the kind of guy that could turn it around. So th- that's what I'm doing this year. Um, you tell me if if, uh, uh, if you think that makes uh, a lot of sense, little sense, no sense. I, I well, actually, that, I was about to ask that question then. We, we're talking about developing starters, you know, and – even a guy, like you said, as high as maybe 20th. Okay, but does that mean the aces are still aces? Are you still getting a guy like Cole Scherzer or whatever in the first round or two, um, even Verlander? And if they get off to a slow start, I mean, you obviously you got to keep them, but are you still valuing pitchers, those top-tier guys, that highly? Are you talking to me? Yeah, yeah. either one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely. I, I think you need that ace. Um, you know, you do the math, the aces are generally reliable, even in the half season. Um, I think that DeGrom is going to be DeGrom. Um, if he's not, uh, you're in trouble. Uh, but uh, I think you have to go with that same plan and, and grab your ace. Because well, where are you going to bank the stability from? The aces are the stable packages in general. There's always injury. But uh, in terms of performance, uh, I don't worry that Max Scherzer is going to be bad. I worry that he's going to blow his arm, his shoulder, or whatever out. Uh, Charlie Morton is going to be great. Uh, whether he's older and missed a couple starts, that's something else. But um, the, the the risk is low for those guys. That makes them even more valuable than usual. So my answer is yes, pick them. Uh, okay, and then so to finish on that point, are they even more important? Is it more important than ever to try to get one of those guys? Is you know, does Verlander become a first round pick? Does Bueller become a you know maybe he was a first round pick in some leagues anyways? But then because, you know, in the middle rounds, you're, it's not worth spending that capital on those middling. Yeah. Does that mean just get your ace early and then load up on hitters? 
Absolutely, absolutely. And the other reason you should do that is because if you're going to follow my strategy and not get the starters in the middle, you're going to have an imbalance in pitching. Like, pretend we're doing an auction. And an auction in the first round are $40 players, and the second round is high $30 players. Um, if you're going to do that strategy and only go end and, and, and pick just a guy for the end, you're going to end up with a, a pitching staff of, like, 20 bucks. Um, you need to at least balance what the rest of the league is doing, right? If the rest of the league is going 65-35 hitting pitching, you can make that up by picking that starter in the first round to balance that whole auction value. You never want to veer too far from it. So if you don't pick that, you might be at a value impact. Makes sense, makes sense. And then go back to the Hendricks point. Uh, as Nick was saying, you know, that, to me, it makes the idea of collecting those middle relievers even more valuable. Because if I'm thinking I want a, a guy like, you know, is a, a ratio stabilizer, uh, I'm not worried about wins. I'm not really going to get a lot of strikeouts. Well, get a guy like Lugo or Pomerantz, you know, he, they're going to have those ratios. Hell, Pomerantz might strike out more guys than Hendricks this year anyways. Um, and, and then you get them at a much cheaper price, right? So um, I think that strategy, I was so proud by the way i know i've said this probably a couple times already but in our last mock that we did i think i wound up with lugo presley and pomeranz all in my my um pitching staff i was, I was yeah, you were super staff. annoying in that draft too so. <laughs> and i'm gonna keep bringing it up of course it was a mock so it doesn't do me any good whatsoever but i'm gonna, I'm gonna oh, see if i can mock. Pull <laughs> yeah mock mock schmock um all right so let's talk about some guys because um we know that the aces are still super important um we talked about the middle rounds okay what about these guys who are kind of right there on the cusp and projections have them looking pretty good. They might be top 20, 30 pitchers. Um, and at this point, it's hard to say what to expect out of them. So uh, let me throw out a guy like Lucas Giolito, um, who was a stud most of last year, kind of ended on a sour note. Um, it's hard to just put him in that category. So he's automatically, uh, you know, a, you know, number two guy for fantasy. Um, there could be some volatility there and, you know, a couple of bad starts, which he's prone to. And like you said, maybe he's all of a sudden he's a drop candidate. Um, so let's start with him. Um, Ariel, where do you put him as far as your, you know, starting pitcher rankings and, and how, how do you feel comfortable taking him if at all? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's just straight rankings to me. is not really a great question anymore because it's more about, the team development and and building your roster right it's the risk reward it's it's the intricacies of risk and whatnot um so i'll talk about you know that aspect second as far as the player uh i think he's he's phenomenal um i have a metric called uh, weighted plate discipline index and that basically looks at by pitch by pitch are pitchers getting swings and misses out of the zone are they getting cold strikes in the zone it's something close to like the alex fast the csw um uh, he actually had the second highest increase of any starting pitcher last year in that statistic he went from a 311 to a 356 um it, i've uh, situated so that wpdi looks like batting average almost 356 is phenomenal um, and he's, he's elite. He's a, actually the, the 12th highest starting pitcher. Uh, Frankie Montas actually had the uh, highest jump of anybody, just, just uh, uh, for, for information. Uh, but I think he's fantastic. I think he has definitely arrived. You know, if you look at last year, his first half was fantastic. He had a 2.72 ERA. Um, it dropped to 4.24 ERA. But if you look at his skills, he actually improved in the second half. 
his K per nine last year in the second half was almost 13. So in terms of the player, he's phenomenal. He's going to give you the strikeouts. His ERA, uh, ATC is actually more pessimistic than most. I have him at uh, 4.04, but I can easily see something dropping in the threes. And for, for, you know, this, um, for this year, I think it's, it's, it works. But in terms of his cost, his ADP is really high, first of all. You have to pay to get him. So even if this wasn't a short season, he's not really priced for correctly. I mean, uh, he's not a bargain to me. Uh, you have to pay uh, a premium to get him. Uh, on an uh, NFBC basis, uh, in a 15-team format, he's like a $16 player in my mind, but he's going for like a, almost a $25 cost. Um, He's not a bargain. I just don't like picking those guys. And as I mentioned earlier, he's another guy in the middle. He's not an ace. He's a near ace. Um, I don't really feel the need to reaching for him. I'd rather take his slot, put it to offense, and throw two other darts way, way, way down. Uh, Again, so I like the guy, but I don't see him on my roster this year just from the team construct. Interesting. Yeah, and I'm a big Giolito guy, you know, so I wrote – Middle of last year, basically wrote up an article how he's arrived, and you know, and he he pretty much proved it right. Um, like it's a little, little bit, but still, I mean, this guy was a huge prospect coming up with the Nationals. It didn't pan out until last year, but um, there's no reason to think he would slide. But uh, like we always talk about, it's it's the cost, right? Do you like him at that price, right. uh, Nick? How do you right. feel about him at that price? Because again, he's he's like you said, right there, kind of like a number two starter for fantasy. Um, but in this weird season. Do you like him enough that you feel secure with him as as one of your guys? Right. Uh, no. Um, I, I mean, I, I you know I, I like Giolito. I've never you know I, I I love the stuff. I love the talent. I hate the price. I mean, he's got a you know a, a, a top fifty price. You know, right around. Uh, uh. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 50 ADP in, in FBC uh, lately. And that, and like Ariel said, he is, you know, and I, I was, this was a pre-pandemic strategy anyway that's just kind of escalated now. But like Ariel said, he is in that group of pitchers that I, I really haven't wanted much part of. Uh, you know, a, a lot of guys that I love the talent of, uh, you know, Chris Paddock is in that same range. Corbin's in that same range. I like the talent. I like, I, I'm confident in the stats they're going to put up, but I, I'm not going to pay usually a, a top five, six yeah. pick for them, especially in this year. There's just, you know, Giolito could come out and I, I, I love their team. I, I love his stuff. He could come out and have an elite year and be, a top 10 starting pitcher he 
absolutely could. I'm not going to find out because it's just I'm uh, every time one of those pitchers is going to come up. I am I was already leaning hitters there anyway. Now I'm I'm really gonna I'll I'll, I'll take a hitter there every time. And and let me just just add to that. Um, you know when I do ATC projections, I have the luxury of looking at a lot of underlying projections. There's really no projection system that has him better than about a three six five three seven five ERA. Mm-hmm. Like you know ATC has him at four, and that's like an average, right? He's not going to carry your team. He's not an ace. He's just not. Could he be a uh, number two? Probably. I think he has he has a, a low variability of actually uh, of be a busting. All right. I think it's a small chance going to bust, but I don't see him making the jump to to ace level. Um, the ERA is just not there. It's not a help. I mean, you want a guy at the top to, to be an ERA solidifier, and you and like I said. Kyle Hendricks is going to have a better ERA. You can get him cheaper. So for me, he's not the um, the profile that I want out of my pretty much ace this year or number two this year. It's just not what I want. Yeah, and the difference, uh, and we throw wins out out the window just anyways, right? We don't worry too much about projections, right. there, but especially right. this year, the difference might be what two wins, and then it's not going to be long enough where really even the difference in strikeout rate is going to make I think that big a difference. Uh, either so that's a good point um, so let me ask you then I'll uh, get both of you guys your quick takes on very similar pitchers uh, let's start with the guy you mentioned Nick Paddock um, some people might be surprised to hear him up there he's moving up right moving up and, and some people think he would be kind of that ratio stabilizer um, Ariel do you feel like Paddock is that guy or is there too much risk with him too uh, I personally like Paddock a lot. I have him as the number 14 pitcher um, in Tout Wars, I think. I took him as my ace. Um, I think that, first of all, I think the short season helped him because I don't know if there was going to be an innings cap on him or not, uh, but he's the type of pitcher that doesn't have health problems. He's going to go six, seven innings a game, and you're just going to let him fly. There's no, there's no minors for anybody, right? So he's not going to be cut and put back. He's just going to play. So in terms of relative innings pitch to what he was going to get preseason to now, that's jumped up, right? If anything, you got to increase him in your rankings. I, I love the ERA. I love the whip. I mean, I, I think he's a guy that can really stabilize a lot of things. Wins are variable, but uh, he's going to give. He's going to pitch deep. With, with, to me, wins. If you're going to pitch deep into games, that's going to help. And no one's going to pitch deep the first couple weeks of the season. But as we get into August, September, uh, he's going to go deep. But he's their ace, right? So he's going to go deep. Uh, so I, I love him. I love him there. Um, I don't think people are as high as I am on Paddock. Um, but I'd be comfortable taking him as my ace this year. Or um, if I'm fortunate enough to get an ace and he drops, that'll be an amazing slam dunk number two. I love Paddock this year. Yeah, now he, technically they're ace until Zach Davies, you know, kind of takes that mantle over, uh, as we've seen. But uh, that's for another time. Uh, so, Nikki, you kind of invoked Paddock's name. Are you feeling kind of similar to him as you did about Giolito? Is that what you're saying? Because you feel like maybe he's, he's you know, ADP's rising too much? No, he's similar in that the, the price is dicey. And, uh, you know, I... No, I I like Paddock more uh, post-pandemic than pre-pandemic. Just, you know, what Ariel talked about is that, you know, they no innings cap is really nice. And I am, you know, after working out a bunch of fantasy values for short seasons, I, I am more gung-ho on making sure my ratio stays sharp. 
And yeah. out of that, the, that group of pitchers in that in that range, I, I, I love I love Paddock's ratios. Like I, I think he's going to be an ERA uh, whip like big time contributor for multiple years. Like I, I don't think that's really that much in doubt. And uh, so I, I don't like the price. The question is, is that I know that I'm usually uh, I'm only going to be taking. You know, I don't know if I'm quite ready for him to be my ace. Uh, you know, and it skewed the, the guys that I, I like in the top tier, and then I'm just going to skip pitching for a while. I don't know if I like him there, but man, if, if he does fall, which I, I I think we could, with all the news about uh, pitchers pitching less innings, I think that these drafts coming up in these next couple weeks, I think people are going to take a little step back on pitching because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but all the drafts I've done this year, like, Pitching gets hammered early and often, even all while we were playing before we had the season announced, all those drafts, people were still hammering pitching early and often. And just Attic was never going to go at a price that I like. But now I suspect that, you know, people are starting to get jittery about pitching. And uh, I, I'm hoping that it leads to kind of a drop across the board. And I'll, I'll let I'll let drop on by me. But if, if Attic falls, uh, by 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 a round or so and and you know i i already have jack flaherty or max scherzer as my eights and hadn't planned on getting a pitcher for a while but if if paddock is sitting there a couple rounds past my value for him then yeah if, if he's my number two i'm loving it i i think he is a uh i think he's really going to be helpful in ratios and and guess for for whip for paddock okay era is more flexible um whip is is a stabilizer what do you think out of every single year, including all his minors, he's been in the minors since 2015, including the majors last year, what was his highest whip in any one year? Anybody, anyone want to guess? I'll go with 1.25. One, one. Uh, what did you say, sir? Uh, oh, I said 1.25. I think that's one, probably two, high. 1.25. Uh, it's lower, uh, Pierre. I said uh, I'll go with 1.01. Yeah, it's below one. His his highest one was point nine eight. That was in the majors this year. Point nine eight. Okay, in the minors he's had years where he had point seven. I I mean th- this is a guy who's he's his command is there. It's there. He doesn't have to work anything. Usually these rookie pitchers, you know, they have they show their stuff, they show their strikeouts, they have to work on command. He's there. He's the guy. Um, he he's he's gonna. I'm not gonna say he's gonna have a sub one ERA all his life, but. There's virtually no chance he's going to go above 1.1. I mean, that's that's just how how I feel about him, and uh, that's about as low risk as you can get. And, you know, maybe the thing we should be looking at most uh, in terms of starters uh, is walk rate because, like you said, with expanded rosters, uh, you know, starters are going to go fewer innings anyways. Um, The guy who's going to get pulled quicker is probably the guy who's going to be put in, you know, making free passes. So we should look at the guys who have that control first and foremost. Don't worry so much about strikeouts, but worry more about walks. So lack of. Yeah, and, 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 and walks and strikeouts are really two of the most, uh, two of the categories that stabilizes the quickest. Um, mm-hmm. If you see a guy that's struggling in the K minus BV uh, percentage, get rid of him really quickly. I mean, if you see a guy is getting that in the first two weeks, I, I mean, that that's a good sign that, you know, when I look at spring training and I want to see, OK, who are my guys that I like in spring training? I just go to straight strikeouts and walks. And that's a really good, very quick indication of what they're doing differently this year. 
Great point, great point. A um, couple more guys I want to quickly get your opinions on. Uh, one guy that I know, uh, Nick, we've already said for months now, we didn't like the price, and he seems to be rising still because, well, no innings limit, so Jesus Lazardo, he's already an ace, right? He's been anointed. Um, Ariel, are you feeling that? Because I know he's already well within the top 100 overall, and I think people are just jumping on him more and more as the season gets closer. Uh, where do you feel about him? Um, okay, so... Um, you know, we say about the, the innings cap issue, right? Like with Paddock, there's no innings cap issue. Don't worry about it. Uh, it's true for Lozardo, except for the fact that uh, it, it, he was uh, injured last year, okay? Uh, he missed a lot of uh, – he had a lat strain last year, uh, and that's really why he missed it. And he joined the, the A's um, uh, in September, and they put him in the pen, and he was lights out and whatnot. Uh, I think that if you think that you could just scale up his innings for a full season, you might be overdoing it with Lazardo. Um, they might keep him to three, four. They'll have him start, but they might keep him to three, four innings for a little bit longer than you think. So in terms of the innings, I don't think you're going to get as much bang for the buck, and that will actually hinder his chance to win games. Um, so I worry about him from the fantasy aspect this year. In terms of his, his uh demeanor and his uh, uh, prospects for, for the future, he's fantastic. I mean, I, I have met, he's my number two uh, uh, starting pitcher prospect going into this year. He's got every pitch of his is above average. He's got excellent command. Um, K per nine of uh, a little bit over nine. Um, I, I think that he's a pretty low risk pitcher for the future. I worry about his fantasy value for this year. I haven't seen him overly expensive. So if you happen to be playing that range, which, again, I'd advise against, not a bad pick, but you don't push him up ranks as much as you think you would because of the, quote, innings caps, which does help him, but not as much as you think. Right, and that's what I think is happening is people are starting to maybe overvalue that. Like, uh, you know, yeah, you don't have to use that as a knock against him, but it didn't seem like people were knocking right. him too much anyways. I think he was already almost, if anything, he was already a little bit overvalued based on the projections, right. but... Um, we haven't really touched too much on six-man rotations. Uh, that's that's a thing too. Now we've got a couple teams going to use it, um, but that brings to mind another guy who does have injury risk, and that's uh, Otani. So Nick, I'll start with you first. Um, I'm talking about Otani, the pitcher, of course. Uh, how do you view him? Because we know what the upside is, but we also know that at best he's pitching once a week. Uh, might skip some starts. We don't know how long he'll go. I mean, there's so many questions. Um, and also, of course, how does he? count in your league depending on what format you play on but let's just pretend it's just Otani the pitcher um is he worth it to you given the risk I, I want to say the last I saw his ADP was around 120 I think mm -hmm. yeah better on there uh yeah I I, I like him I like uh, I I've ended up with him on a couple different teams uh, I have him on a, a number of dynasty teams I like him more there obviously but that angels rotation there is uh, a lot of people in it and i i don't worry as much about otani because i was i was i was i'm not worried more post pandemic about his innings than i was you know pre-pandemic because you know his his schedule i don't think has really changed that much so i'm hoping that they it's it's more of a normal year for otani and we're gonna get similar things to what we expected before the shutdown so yeah, if he gets to me in that price, uh, I will take him. But uh, he is—I 
I guess I've maybe had some bad luck in Otani drafts because he gets he gets taken prior to pick 100 in just about everywhere I've been drafting, and that's not something I'm I'm willing to pay for him given the risk. Yeah, Ariel, uh, how do you project a guy like Otani? Well, first of all, um, Otani, you have to know your rules of your league. If your league, uh, most leagues that I've seen, Otani is one player. You can either use him as a hitter or pitcher. If you're in one of those leagues, he's not a starting pitcher. He's much more valuable as a hitter. He steals, he hits power, he is average. Um, he's going to play enough to matter. I, I, I wouldn't be using him as a pitcher unless he'd be to start. And if the Angels are using a six-man rotation, I haven't seen that confirmed yet, by the way. But if they are, uh, Otani is just not going to be used on your squad as a starting pitcher. It's really not even worth the conversation, right? The Then if you play in a league where there's two Otanis, right, the hitter Otani or the pitcher Otani, well, then there's a discussion to be had. Um, a couple of things that worry about about uh, me about him. First of all, he uh, he just had Tommy John surgery. He hasn't pitched in the majors soon. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty wary on pitching pitchers who just had Tommy John surgery, uh, and I'm probably even more apprehensive about him this year. And um, <laughs> I mean, uh, this is not the time to take risks for upside here. This is the time to take risks lower down. The price is absurd. I'm sorry. The price is absurd for Otani this year. So you can throw him off just because of that. Um, he had a 97-mile-an-hour fastball last year, uh, the last time he pitched. Is that going to come back? If it does, you're in great shape. I don't know that it's going to come back and get all those strikeouts. I just don't know. And by the way, his command is lousy. He walks too many people. Uh, his whips are like in the one twos, one three almost. Um, so that worries me. I just have too many things that worry me. I don't want to be worried on a fantasy team, right? I want to want to have fun. I want, I want to just uh, set it and forget it. Um, I'm not interested in Otani at all as a starting pitcher. All right. Uh, like you said, we're, we've been talking about being risk-averse this year more than ever, so that would seem like the kind of guy you don't want to take a chance on, and if so, definitely not at that price. I'm going inside the top 100. Uh, that makes Lizardo look safe. But um, Let's finish on this note, talking about the Angels. Um, so the infamous Dylan Bundy. He's there, and, and, you know, I noticed based on some projections, um, I, I could have sworn I saw him there in the, in the top 30 at least for strikeout totals, right, in the ATC projections. Um, the ratios, though, maybe not so great. That He's not really known for that. It's not his thing. Uh, but there's a lot of people who think maybe moving to the Angels, making some adjustments, you know, maybe this is the year he kind of becomes what we hoped for. Um so, Ariel, let me uh, ask you, is Dylan Bundy one of those later guys that you feel safe taking if you've passed, you know, on starting pitching through the middle rounds? Um, is that a guy you're targeting? Um, well, uh, so let's talk about a little bit about Dylan Bundy, about his makeup first, and I'll tell you if I like it. Um, well, he was pretty bad in, in the past. I mean, last year he had a 4.79 ERA. The previous year, 5.45. Uh, his whip. Uh, one three five the year before one four one. I mean, uh, now that was in Baltimore. Maybe a change of scenery to um, out to California will help him. I don't know. He gives up way, way too many homers. And by the way, um, we're starting the season in the summer. In April and May, there are less homers. It's colder out, right? In the summer, it's hotter out. There are more homers in general. Doesn't help a guy like Dylan Bundy. Um, now, in terms of a points league play. Uh, 
look, the strikeouts are, are pretty guaranteed. Um, that that's something that um, I, I think that we all know. He he's actually a very safe player. It's about risk averse. He's safe. We know he's going to have strikeouts, a lot of them. We know he's going to have a pretty brutal ERA. Um, I, I'm not in love with these guys in Roto. In points league, it might make sense because if he gets that win that week, he'll nail down those strikeouts. Might be worth it. So it, I, yes, for points league, I'm I'm considering. Um, but for Roto. I, I, I can replicate some strikeouts on the waiver wire. I don't need to torch my ERA to do that, right? It's it just – I don't want to beat myself up. Um, I have this thing, as some of you who might follow me know, uh, Chris Archer, who is not going to pitch, unfortunately, this year because of injury. This is Chris Archer, right? You're guaranteed to get a terrible ERA. You're guaranteed to take the strikeouts. You could replicate that on the waiver wire. Just take a high strikeout middle reliever is going to pitch extra this year. They're going to do much better in ERA. Throw in a bunch of two-star pitchers, right? I'd rather have two uh, two starts, two chances at a win, um, and that'll botch my ERA just as much as Dylan Bundy or Chris Archer would. Um, because I can find that on the waiver wire and take just anybody, his value is zero. Like, I don't have to dra- draft him. If he has a good matchup, I'm glad to pick him up off the waiver wire and play Bundy. But I don't need to spend not a dollar. Maybe my last uh, bench pick because, you know, that I'm shuffling anyways. But I don't need to spend any kind of uh, fantasy draft capital on Dylan Bundy because I can replicate him and do better for nothing. All right. So not necessarily draft worthy. Uh, that be a no. Have... Yeah. Okay. Mr. Gott, you have two minutes for a rebuttal. <laughs> I, I unfortunately don't have a great one. Like even I am against my sweet Dylan in this oh. in this pandemic world. It's it's a real bummer because uh, you know as we we've, we've mentioned before, like I've I, these past couple weeks as I've gotten more and more into uh, you know studying fantasy values in short samples, and I'm I'm just not willing to. I am aiding all of the guys who. I know they have one skill. Like I, like Ariel said, I, I know I know Bundy's going to get his strikeouts, and I, I liked them before because, you know, I figured, okay, we're going to get his strikeouts. Uh, you know, hope he's on a better team. Hopefully he collects some more wins than he did with the Orioles, and maybe that horrible ERA comes down some than what it's been previous. You know, not big bets on it, but, you know, there was hope there. But in this, no, there's, there's, there's not – there's not any upside Bundy there's there's zero and it pains me to say that but uh, you know me hyping me liking Bundy in the offseason was never about saying oh Bundy's gonna have a three three eight ERA and a you know one one whip like that's that's where the improvement's gonna come from I I don't think barring an out of left field change like Bundy's not gonna put up those ratios and pitchers that uh, I see, you know, I see zero possibility for them turning in uh, better ratios than what they put in before. I'm just going to pass on. Like I, you can find, I said, you can find, you can find guys like that on the wire. Like I'd rather cobble together a couple of relievers or uh, pick up some streams. You know, I, I'm looking to be very aggressive with my fab on pitchers and, you know, I, I'll take some guy who's got a couple subpar matchups in a row that I can grab off the wire and then drop immediately. Then spending a, you know, Bundy's draft price has been rising, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm not there. And let me give you another game theory thought about this. 
You know, if you're playing in a roto league, okay, um, even in full season, right, but especially in this, which is harder to climb out of? If you're a little bit low on strikeouts or you've botched your ERA, which, which is the harder one to get out of? To me, I think it's much harder to get out of a crappy ERA and whip, especially in the short season, right? I mean, who are you going to throw in there? You're going to have to throw in. You, know, you don't even know who to throw in. Strikeouts, there are ways to get out of that. You throw more mm. innings, more two-star pitchers. You pick up guys like Archer and Bundy off the waiver wire, and there are some, Reynaldo Lopez, you know, guys like that. You can find people to help your strikeouts. You can't find people to help your ERA. So to me, the v- real value in a player is how can you, what's the cost to get him off the waiver wire? And what's the cost to repair the damage on your team? And to me, that's why those high strikeout guys with Bashi are just, uh, I don't want them on my roster. I, I'll take them yeah. when I need them, but I can't dig out of the hole. So that's why I wouldn't start my season with them. All right. That's, I yeah, think I'm, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm not drafting any starting pitchers this year. That's it. Um, <laughs> I'll take I, one I and I'll call it a day. I yeah. I, I've officially been scared away. No. Uh, the draft smart. I mean, you know, it all comes down to, uh, you know, the way the draft unfolds, you never know. Um, if you're an auction league, of course, you have a lot more control over that. But um, most of us are probably still doing snake drafts at this point. Um, you know, I'm just glad we're having drafts. That's, that's honestly it's just nice to yeah. have draft season <laughs> here like real draft season i don't want to hear the complaints it's a short season it's whatever look it's a season all right so i'm just whatever I'm just yeah glad for that. Uh, i'm glad It'll to have open revised... up all sorts of interesting new strategies i'm i'm, I'm ex- you know I, I know it's going to be yeah. chaos and i know it's going you know maybe the best team in your league doesn't win like with the it's you know there's there's going to be some some crazy chaos but I think that's really interesting just to see, like, I like seeing how games play out, uh, you know, any game in different circumstances than what they've had before. And that, that's, that's fun. Like, I, you know, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing all the, uh, all the, all the different wacky things that drive fantasy value this year. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much to digest, you know, the, the DH everywhere, the, you know, new, intercoastal schedule and you know just there's so many different things that's what makes it fun draft season is the best part of the season let's be honest so we get to do it all over again uh but we have stuff on all of that right all of everything that you could possibly think of i think we've got an article up or a podcast uh or we're working on it so um but what is up are the atc projections already on fan graphs um and Arnold's done some work uh, talking about those nick also dissecting those projections and uh look for all of that of course on road baller um rl thanks so much for coming on we gotta do this again uh my pleasure thanks so much for having me guys this was a blast and hope, hopefully the audience listening to this really have uh gotten some uh help or at least a couple of nuggets of information that they can process and uh um and i hope you disagree actually i hope you disagree and please tell me why you do because then i might change my mind which is even more valuable right Wow, absolutely. Yeah, if we all agreed, it would be boring. Um, all right, well, there you go. If you, if you add ATC and Y uh, and tell him why he's wrong and he'll change those projections up for you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that's how it works, right? All right. Um, all right, guys, thanks for watching. And uh, we talked about pitcher projections. Uh, we're going to have to talk about those hitter projections at some point, too. Hit us with a subscribe and a thumbs up and uh, hit us up on Twitter if you have any questions. All right, thanks for watching. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.